Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and go to whatever podcast app you use and hit that subscribe button. If you like to watch your podcast, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there and leave some likes and some comments and get in on the conversation. While you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. A little side note here for you musicians and artists out there. If you like the beats you hear on the show and need some inspiration or would like to get a hold of one of these beats, make sure to hit up our good friend Ace Ha at Ace Ha Beats on YouTube and at Ace Ha Beats on SoundCloud. We are pumped to announce that Raise on the Radio has teamed up with Morphogen Nutrition out of Columbus, Ohio. This is a company we have been following for a long time and have used a lot of their products. They literally have everything you need to give your health a boost, whether that be physically or mentally. They have products such as Calm that helps manage stress and anxiety. They have products such as Party, which is a pre-party harm reduction supplement for when you know you're going to have a cocktail or four. They have pre, intra, and post-workout supplements, nootropics, multivitamins, mind and mood boosting supplements, etc. Best of all, all of their products are GMP certified, manufactured in the USA, and third-party tested so you know you are getting a no BS scientifically validated, effectively dosed supplement that you never have to question. Just go to MorphogenNutrition.com and use discount code ROTR for 10% off. It is that easy. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at RaisedOnTheRadioSTL at gmail.com. We would love to connect. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out their email or on the social medias. You can reach us at RaisedOnTheRadioSTL at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to RaisedOnTheRadioSTL.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, do not hesitate to reach out. Now, let's get into this episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Cole Brocato. Patrick Blair with me as usual. Uh, we have the most annoying topic to start the show off with, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, cereal. So I just want to know, how do you do your cereal? Because we were talking about how like you don't want to taste milk because if you do, you're going to want cereal. And if you start cereal, you're going to become basically a heroin addict for cereal. And yep. I'm just wondering, like, if you go for more than one bowl of cereal, how do you do it? Are you the type of person who, do you pour your cereal in the bowl first, then you do the milk, then when you finish the cereal, do you pour more cereal into Can the I milk? Can I stop you real quick? You already got? <laughs> I need Can to I know stop you real things. quick? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. What kind of a cereal killer pours the milk in the bowl first, then the cereal? Uh, that's a good question. I'm sure there's people out there that do it, though. No, there's not. All right, continue. That That's psychotic. I guess it's a it's a just asking for a mess, right? Because milk's just gonna go everywhere. It's like putting your shoes on before your socks. <laughs> yes, that's the fucking dumbest thing I've ever. Go, come on. <laughs> no, I pretty much asked the rest of the question. Like, once you finish okay. a bowl of cereal, are you gonna pour? Are you gonna drink that milk? Or are you and then start a whole new bowl of cereal? Or are you going to keep the milk you have, pour more cereal in it, and then pour more milk? Great question. Was now it, that you was finished it, it. Was it? Uh, 
I don't know that it was. <laughs> well, let me just start by saying I haven't had a regular bowl of cereal in so long. And I hate it that I don't eat it. I miss it, but I can't have it. But here's how I used to do it. So yeah, I would I would pour the cereal. I would finish the cereal. Leftover milk would be there. I'd pour more cereal on top of that, then more milk. I'd do it again and again and again and again until I had a fucking stomach ache and a headache and I was dizzy and I needed to pass out. Yeah. But before I passed out, I would drink the rest of the milk, whatever was left. Of course. Call it a day. Of course. Okay. Yeah. I was a cereal fiend, dude. Yeah. Bad. I actually did have a bowl of cereal. Love cereal. Pretty recently because we've got like some um, like organic type of cereal that I got from Schnooks for my son. Like they're, but they're PB Blast. They're, pe- they're peanut butter and they're, they're pretty good. Do you do that with regular milk? Or are you like almond I, milk or I, oat milk I, or something? I've done both, but I, I did regular milk on this one. <clears throat> okay. But if I have to organic, choo- if I have to choose health wise, yeah, I would do almond milk. Unsweetened almond milk. If you're doing cereal, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, you can probably get by with it because the flavor of the cereal is going to flavor the milk. But unsweet- why is the almond milk healthier than the regular milk? Because it's coming from a nut instead of a. It's loaded with sugar. Uh, not as much though, right? Dude, this might call for a Google. It might. I might be wrong. I don't know. Whole milk is 11 grams of sugar. It's sad that I know that like I have like on the trigger on that, but whole milk is 11 grams of sugar per serving. It's weird that we have that in our mind because I'm pretty sure that Mountain Dew is 76 grams of sugar <laughs> oh, in a bottle. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Dude, my teeth just, I didn't you make said that Mountain Dew and my teeth started hurting. <laughs> I did, I didn't Mountain Dew is disgusting. I could, I could demolish a bottle, but after like one bottle, I would die. Uh, my wife used to drink that shit when I first met her when she was young and a party girl and would spend most mornings being hungover. First thing she would do in the morning is slam Mountain Dew, not coffee, not water, Mountain Dew. Yeah. And she would transform into a worker bee or whatever she needed to get done that day. It was like Mountain Dew did it. Yeah. I've seen it. And I always call her, she's still gross. That's gross. Mountain Dew's disgusting. I've seen it, dude. I've seen like, uh, especially places that I've worked night shift. I've seen guys walking around with two liter bottles of Mountain Dew and that's pretty much all they drink all night long. And I'm like, fucking, you know, and then they may may throw like an energy drink in, in, you know, somewhere. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, how do your kidneys function? Like this makes no sense. How, how do you still have feet? Like none of this this makes sense to (laughs) Uh, me. Yeah. That is so bad for you. So are you Googling almond milk versus regular milk and sugar? I Googled nutrition, but it doesn't say the... Oh, here it is. Okay. Let me see here. This is from the USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Mm-hmm. Almond milk, regular almond milk, not the unsweetened version, has... You were looking for unsweetened though, right? No, I want to know what regular... You said you didn't do unsweetened. Well, I'm saying that you... And you said it was better because it came from a nut. But then I guess maybe they added... Versus a cow's tit. Maybe they do a lot of added sugar to all like almond milk and oat milk and stuff like that. Maybe... You have to. How else is it... It's not going to taste like I don't know. I don't even know how almond milk works. They put almond... uh, You really don't? I don't, no. They soak almonds. They... I'm going to be, I'm, 
I'm probably not 100% correct on this, but what they do is they soak they soak almonds in water. <coughs> okay. That's what they do. And they do it long enough and they do it with whatever uh, enzymes and whatever bullshit they put in with, with the water to where it comes out milky with that milky texture you get with okay. almond milk. But it's just soaked almonds. That's all it really is. Okay. I mean, it really doesn't have that much like nutritional benefits if you've ever like looked at it. Like you would think you would hope it would have more protein than it does and it doesn't. And so probably probably know. probably better, like as far as fats go, you get like more healthier fats than you're gonna get from like regular milk. But I don't but as far as like calcium calcium and stuff like that, I don't know. I don't know. I think if you're looking for fat and protein and everything, I'd probably go whole milk. Maybe. You just gotta have the sugar. Yeah. Um so yeah, so, no so, cereal so for me. Oat, so oat milk would be different, right? Because oats are a grain versus a nut. I've never had how, oat milk. I wonder how that works. And I think if you drink oat milk, you are one of those cereal killers I was talking about <laughs> earlier. People get people get oat milk like yeah, they have the oat milk shot in coffee. Like, like a, Starbucks like a does Starbucks that now. thing. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, my, what are you doing? We do, and we can move on from this topic because we're we're losing listeners, but we do uh we do protein um in our coffee in the morning. I've done that before. We do it all the time. We do it that's that's our creamer. Like if like, I'm not drinking so, black coffee and I want like a creamer coffee, that's what we do. So just like a pour, you get the uh, a, scoop, a scoop in there? No, not the powder. We oh. get the liquid, you know, we get the you can get the case of the pure protein brand. Oh, okay, yeah. Like the caramel protein. Yeah. Dude, gotcha. it's put that in some coffee, dude. It's pretty good. Yeah. And if you believe all the nutritional benefits that the package says, you're getting a shit ton of nutrients to yeah. start your day. So I don't know. You take that as you want, but that's I, how we're doing it. I, as you said, if you believe what's believe what the you know the thing says, but like that pure brand, isn't that like one of the cheaper like Walmart type brands? Uh, pure protein. I mean, it's a name brand, but I mean, it's not. I mean, it's. One of the cheaper ones, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it may it may I be mean, great. I don't know. I just I, I I know a lot of times when it comes to like protein and stuff like that, like you get what you pay for when it comes to that. So like if you're gonna if you pay for the lower end type stuff, it's not gonna be as good a quality and all that kind of stuff. But it's all in your head. It's all in your head, bro. Possible. Possible. And I, know, possible. I know we shouldn't be saying that <laughs> out loud for specific reasons, but I mean I'm sure there are scientifically speaking, and if you spend the money, yeah. Because I've 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 been given I've been given protein and pre workout and stuff like from like a trainer for instance who sample this and tell me if you feel a difference like and it's expensive yeah and and even when I ask I'm like well how much does this cost and they tell me I'm like uh, dude it's not that serious I'm not but thank you <laughs> thank you so I don't know. I've I've, um, I, I've I've been that serious. Uh, you know what's the f- most the funniest thing ever? I don't know if I've ever said this on the show or not before, but uh, we used to go up to the Arnold Classic quite a bit, which is uh, in Columbus, Ohio. What's that? Uh, it's like basically like a massive bodybuilding a bodybuilding competition. No, well, I mean they do have competition there too, but it, it's like basically like a big expo. Uh, I mean this just okay. huge building, and it's like nothing but free samples everywhere. And you see people 
by like halfway through the day that are vibrating <laughs> that have been doing like shots sure. of pre-workout all day long and it's just, it's the funniest thing ever <laughs> steroids in the ass well maybe yeah that's probably going on too i don't know if they get it, if they can do that anymore i don't think they've done it since covid i don't know if they i don't know if they started doing it again last year or not i did i was like yeah. uh like 15 feet from arnold though last time i was there he walked down the aisle where I was at, so there's that. I did meet some pretty cool people, though, though. I met um, um, Thug Rose and some other UFC fighters there, too. Dustin Poirier was there. Forrest Griffin. I met Forrest Griffin. I met Randy Couture. Uh, anyways, so, yeah. Now I'm boring people. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I want to I want to talk about something that we talked about on the last show. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to I want to I want to clarify some things. So on the last show, you you posed the question. Um, you brought up, you know, radio stations starting playlists of of bands local to their area, and would that be beneficial to the bands? Now, when you asked me this, we we were the conversation started because you brought up back in the day when radio stations specifically the one in our city would put together compilation cds of local bands and they would give them out and you know i brought up the benefits of that because you know back in that time back at that time every band wanted to be on the radio or most wanted you know part of the success the path the trajectory to success was getting on the radio right get a song on the radio so not only were you put on this compilation cd that many many people in your hometown would get and have but you would also be played on the radio not all the, not all of those bands were but a lot of them were so when you when you posed the question to me i answered it but i only answered it in like like i think i had like a two-part two-part answer and i only answered one part so as i said as i just said you know previously when a when a, when a radio station would make a compilation cd Back in those days, you know, you got to understand the music industry and the industry in, in general, radio and how people consume their music was just completely different. So those CDs were really beneficial, not only to the station, but to the artist and to the fan and like for to everyone. So when you asked, what if they created a playlist now? I, I beg the question, who's going to listen to it and how are they going to find it? And how is it not just going to just disappear into the ether of all the other playlists right. that could potentially contain those bands? You know, and and that's a very good question. And honestly, when I came up with that question, I came up with it on the fly. I hadn't even thought about that until the moment that that question came up. So I didn't really know, and I don't even know if it's a thing or if it's a thing that could be started. Like, should radio stations make? A, something like that like on spotify or you know i don't even know, know can you make playlists on like apple music and stuff like that too to share around you make playlists you can make playlists everywhere man so the but you the the important thing to think about is this and this is what we didn't discuss on the last show with the playlist what what is required of that is the marketing aspect of that meaning True. you need to tell people that it exists well you'd, right? have, you'd have to post it on your on the socials for sure not only that, but there would have to be 
not that the radio station would do this or care to do this. There would have to be some sort of a little bit of like a monetary push behind it too. If if the intent was really this needs to get to people. Now it doesn't need to get to people. The radio station is going to be fine if their local artists never get discovered by people, right? Doesn't matter. So what I'm saying is, and I, I brought up the question last show is like, all right, well, if they create this playlist, are they going to play the bands? And here's why I'm asking that. Because if you play the band and then you say, hey, by the way, you can go find them on this playlist we created here. Now it's a win-win for everyone. You've done your you've done your job of playing the band on the radio, which again is it as important now as it was fifteen years ago, twenty years ago? Right. Probably not. I still think it's cool. I still I still think it's important in specific markets and for specific types of music. You've got it on the radio. You've to, you've put it on the playlist. You've talked about the playlist. You've directed people to the playlist. Right. So, my only problem is that the 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 playlist market, if you will, is so saturated. True. Yeah. And other artists will be able to vouch for this where, you know, you can submit your new song to a playlist and a curator might like it enough to put it on their playlist. But to what benefit? To what benefit? So... More people hear it, sure. So you you said there would have to be a monetary push behind it. I I understand that. So how does it work for a bigger name band who's getting played on the radio station? So say like our local radio station play, you know, has certain bands they play all over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Is the station getting paid to play those songs? Uh, I mean, where they're not. So what is the that used to happen? That used to happen. So what's the end game there for a radio station to play music in the first place? Just to be a radio station? Well, they make their money through their corporate Just, sponsorships. It's not through... Well, yeah, I, I I understand that, but <clears throat> I, I guess my, my question is, what's what's the incentive of them playing a certain band on the station? Well, you got to look at it this way. You have to serve your demographic. So you have right. to pick things that serve your demographic. Right. So... When you're talking about a rock alternative station like we have here in St. Louis, they can play their, I call them staple bands. So the bands that they've always played that have a sound that's always been successful on the station, always hit their market, always hit the demographic. And then you can venture out and you can experiment with different types of sounds, different types of bands who perhaps can fit into the market can fit into the demographic in a way that you perhaps didn't expect them to say like a bad omens, for instance, or you could go, I'm going back years now, but so when the point was really, really kicking on what I call butt rock, but a lot of the, the normal bands you would hear three days, grace, um, Cedar, all those bands, cage, the elephant came out and, Totally different sound, totally different vibe. And they were extremely popular yeah, for sure. on rock alternative radio. So you you have those bands that do that, and you have those stations that will take chance. But here's the thing. There's not one station taking that chance. All of these stations have 
a database where they know what's getting played the most, yeah. what's hitting in what market, so right. on and so forth. Right, so it's yeah. not like it's a, it's not like there's this like, you know, sort of like, oh, we hit the lottery with this one. Mm, no. But back to what you said about um, paying. So they're actually, that was one of the controversies with Limp Biscuit when they were getting started is label, the label was paying radio stations to pay, or I'm sorry, paying radio stations to play Limp Biscuit, And that was really considered highly unethical. And a lot of people thought it was bullshit. And I think even other bands were kind of upset about it. So doesn't it seem kind of crazy that that doesn't happen more often or do we, or you think it does happen more often and it just didn't get talked about? If it does, it doesn't get talked about and it's, they really try to keep it. Like I said, it's, it's considered unethical. And I think that if they do do it, it's definitely on the, on the low, low. Gotcha. Okay. You know? Yeah. So back to the original thing here like i think if you create the playlist you got to play the bands on the radio and you have to make it a thing like we've created this because this is the best of the best and good enough to be on our radio station if not who cares it doesn't mean all of them have to get played it doesn't mean you know well i mean because i understand like my my original thing we were talking about the point essentials um compilation albums they were putting out and stuff like that you know my my original thing was, you know, they, they keep talking about how important back then that it was, how how crucial that the radio station in St. Louis was for these bands to make it out of St. Louis yeah. and, and to yeah. to you know be somebody, you know, especially in the scene. So getting played was a huge you know was a huge thing for them. So I guess all I'm trying to figure out is like, what's the equivalent to that today? What what does a radio station do besides play the songs of a local band to to help them? And on the other other side of that, is it the station's job to do that anymore? Do it's not. Do they, no. do they care to do that anymore? You know. I, I mean, I'm I'm sure that some care, sure, but I mean, it's not their. It's, it's definitely not their job. And no, there's no equivalent to that anymore. It's just the the industry's changed to the point where bands don't need to be on the radio or need a radio station to break them. They don't. They just don't. But would you make the argument to, or would you make the argument that it's harder to break today because it's so saturated saturated everywhere? Um. Well, or at least, or at least break in a city, a certain city. You know what I mean? My my question would be, what's your definition of break? What's your definition of break as a musician? Well, I what so okay. You could be a band now and put out some really solid songs, have a TikTok that has millions and millions of followers, gets millions and millions of views. I would argue that you're reaching more people than if you know, 30 years ago you're a band that your local station plays through word of mouth and kind of organic discovery other stations kind of pick up on it they start playing you so regionally you start picking up some steam you start touring people start showing up to the shows a little bit more and more here and there i would argue that today you're reaching more people and then i think it's up to you how you sort of capitalize on that outreach and on that 
the success of that outreach. But we've talked about like Meaning, record labels. We've talked about like record labels, try, like finding a sound for a while and then all of a sudden trying to like get a hold of these bands who sound like this. Uh, yeah. So as far as that goes, like it's got to make it a lot harder. Like I understand that it's easier to reach more people, but as far as like getting signed, seems like it would be a lot harder because now a record label, you know, can like they got millions of these bands at their fingertips now that are just out on Spotify and Apple music and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, to, to, to try and step into the mindset of a record label anymore is just a waste of time, to be honest with you, because who knows what they're looking for. I mean, I think the indie rock, you know, punk rock, rock metal labels still have, I, I really think that they've kind of stayed true to what their mission has been. I mean, there are great labels still that put out great bands and I don't think that's changed. I don't think it's going to change, but those bands aren't going to be necessarily total mainstream success stories. And that's okay. A lot of bands are okay with that. And I, and I, you know, I think they should be, you know, you sent me the, you know, uh, Beartooth has the number one rock song in the country right now. If you look at if you look at the timeline of of that band and how long it's taken them to get to that point, it wasn't overnight. Right. It's not like it's it, it, they had to put in the work. By the way, would you, you know? think that that would be the song that made its number one first off of that record? Uh, yeah, it's a great song, man. It's a yeah. fucking great song. I kind of thought I would have that... expected the song with Hardy, yes, and to it, be that one. Was, is it because but... of the is it because of the crossover though? I don't know, man. Because I really, get, I mean, because you're gonna get Hardy fans because, from the country music side too. Well, maybe. I didn't expect that necessarily. I just think it's a, yeah. I just think it's a pop song. I, I honestly think it's a, it's a pop song that has heavy metal riffs, and I just, you know, it's funny. My wife and I were watching videos. We were listening to music last night, and uh, Beartooth came on, and. I don't remember what song it was. It was one of the new ones. And she goes, this is kind of country sounding too. And I'm like, I think you're getting a little carried away <laughs> with this. I think you're just trying to get I'm under my skin. I'm going to leave the room, please. I'm going I'm to need you <laughs> to just keep it to yourself. from now on. But here's the thing. I know why she's saying that. I know why she's saying that. Because country has such a way of appealing to regular people now i don't say regular people i don't mean to be insulting i'm not what i'm saying is people that don't really do a deep dive into music they can hear a country song for instance the morgan wallen song we played last week they can hear that and go that's catchy yeah i might not be the biggest country fan but that's catchy i'll buy that for 99 cents right or oh add it to my spotify playlist so like I get why she's saying that. I think that they have legitimately seven songs on the new record that are what I consider to be catchy enough to be pop songs. Might not be pop songs because of the the music surrounding the hooks and the overall feel, but that's just me. So I get why she's saying that. But if you look, so back to what I was saying, if you look at the path to being the number one the band with the number one rock song across all of the platforms and whatever. It took a while. Right. So, 
And we we talked about it. We've watched video. We look at the YouTube subscribers and we look at like the followers. And we're like, oh, God, this feels low. And maybe we hold them to a higher standard. I don't know. Or maybe it's just not that easy. It's easy to get noticed. It's easy to go viral. But what do you do to capitalize on that? I guess that's what I'm saying. Right. When's the last time you heard Jarris Johnson's name? I, I heard his name recently because oh, he was really? bitching about record labels on in some interview, maybe on a podcast or something. I haven't heard but, his, I haven't heard his name since the song with Papa Roach. Or that's what Jacobi. I'm saying. Yeah, three years ago. Yeah, that's all we talked about because right. it was all over TikTok. He was the next big thing. Haven't heard about him. Right? Is that his fault? I don't know, but he got popular through TikTok. What did he do to capitalize? Now, if he's saying, fuck the record labels, I'm not going to sign any deal. I'm going to be me. And okay, well, then I guess we, you and I have to do our research and we have to kind of be like, here's an independent artist. He is not affiliated with anything. He's not going to get force fed down our throats. So we have to go rediscover him, I guess. Right. It's a very, dude, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy it's a crazy, it's a crazy like life cycle. And by life cycle, what I mean, like you could be a band that, you know, gets set up for success and you don't really see the success until way later on. And again, that's okay. Or you could be a band that kind of like an Imagine Dragons, for instance, you get set up for success. You write some really good songs and the rest is history. Right. That's it. I remember I saw them. I, I think I told this story to you, but I, I saw them live right after. Uh, what's the song? The big, uh, big one, uh, Radioactive. Yeah. Right after that broke, like it was like on the rise. They played the pageant. I went with a buddy. Music snob. He's a music snob. Okay. I had an extra ticket. I was like, hey, you want to go with me to this? And he's like, yeah, let's go. Halfway through, he nudged me. He's like, dude. This band's really fucking good. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say other than it's fucking good. This band's gonna be huge. And then right after we said that, the lead singer went into it. They were in between songs, and he went into a little speech, and he was like, "Yeah, it's been a, we've been a band for." for he's like, "We've been a band for three years. It's been a, it's been a long road to get here." And my buddy goes, "What the fuck did he just say?" I was like, "Oh shit, did he lose us?" Or did he lose you at least? Like, I'm still... I'm... So, three years is not a long time. No, not at all. Not a long time. Especially back in 2011, when that... I think that's when that band got popular. Yeah. That's not a long time at all. That's mm -hmm. that's a very short amount of time to be a band and really be basically on top of the world <clears throat> in three years, four years. That's insane. But, you know, I, I going back to what you said earlier, and you said last podcast too... I kind of agree that I don't know that a bear tooth is as big as what we think they are or what we want them to be. I understand they they just now hit you know number one on Billboard. That's awesome, but I I I don't I don't know. And also they're they're playing pops right when they come in next year. They're playing pops right. Yeah. You think that's a choice or do you think because when you seen them you uh, seen I them in Kansas the, City I think and it's that, the, that wasn't a very big place either, right? When I saw them, yeah. Was it like? Uh, it was like a pops. Okay. 
Yeah, it's like a pops. Uh, so I get my my question is: Could they play a pageant and still put up definitely. good, put, put in good numbers? Definitely. Yeah, I think it has to do with the the promoter. It's who it's who got the show. It's who booked the show. That's gotcha. it. Gotcha. The guy. I, I don't want to get into this, but the guy who's who booked the show and is promoting the show. If he gets the show, it's going to pops. It's not going to go to the pageant. He gotcha. doesn't have he doesn't have the pageant. Gotcha. I guess is what I'm saying. Gotcha. So good on him. But they're going to fill that fucking place. At least yeah. I hope they do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how they don't. You know, I would be I would be shocked if they uh, if they didn't. And I need to buy tickets to that still. Fuck. Yeah, I do too. Is it in January? No, it's in March. March. Okay. Yeah. Day seekers in ten days. Do what? Where? The factory. I so think about what we just talked about. I didn't so know Bear this. Dude. is playing pops. Day seekers playing the factory. Is it during the week? Please don't tell me it's during the week. On a Tuesday. Fuck, dude. Why? I'm going by myself. <laughs> we were gonna get a babysitter and make a whole night of it. And I think last night, as we're we're watching day seeker videos, my wife just goes. I think you just need to go to this by yourself. Okay. She just decided go. she's not that big of a fan or what? No, she wants to go. Dude, you got two kids and it's a whole fucking thing. It's it's not here. Okay, okay. We, that's the I, problem. Yeah. It's almost like we would need to get a hotel. I gotcha. If we really wanted to make a night of it, it's not making a night of it. It's like, all right, what time is it? Like, got to be watching our watches. So... <laughs> If it were like here, and I, I say this, but you know, it's it the venue's twenty minutes away, right. but still, that's a long twenty minutes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see them because they were at Red Flag last time, and I missed it, and it looked cool. So, to conclude, I don't know if there is a conclusion. I I just think that. I think if a radio station did do what we're talking about, that, you know, there needs to be a specific amount of promotion behind it. And I just don't know that they care enough to do that. I don't know if it benefits them. I don't know if it, I don't know if it benefits, like I said, I don't know if it benefits anyone. You create a playlist, you put these bands on it. Does it just disappear? Right. And it's possible. It's possible. My, my thought was, if it's attached to a radio station that has a big name, at least in the city, if they were to put something out like that, do people continuously go to that? Especially if they're putting it out, you know, on the socials and stuff, also saying, hey, this is what we're creating. These are the bands that are on it. And then those local, those bands that are on it are promoting it all over the socials too. So now that's bringing all these people into it. I don't know if that's a thing I or could be a thing, should be a thing. I don't know who it really benefits in in the end. It may just benefit the local band. Well, look, it could be a thing. It should be a thing. And it can be a thing. And if it is a thing, yeah, mm. people will find some gain. They'll benefit in some way. But again, but the other side, we're talking but, about comparing it to... But, but the other side of it, too, is like... And I'm not trying to knock anybody for by saying this, but... For somebody to say, for, for, for people who are musicians who started out as a local band in St. Louis, for them to come out on a radio show in front of thousands and thousands of people and say, 
it was huge for us that the that the radio stations was pl- were taking a chance on us and playing us on the radio and things like that, but that they're not doing anything for the next generation of those local bands. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it almost feels hypocritical, but it's not. I, I, I don't expect them to go out and make these playlists or do this, but it seems like such a simple thing that they could do that wouldn't cost any money to do unless you want to put some money behind it. But it, it, to hear, you know, to, to hear people say it was so important that we had this to be where we are and knowing that there's so many bands that are trying to do the same thing in what could be a harder situation to get there now because the market's so saturated. I don't know. I, I just feel like it, it wouldn't take much on the end of the station to do to do something to help the city is all, is all I'm trying to say. Well, you know me, man. I'd rather they just have a show that plays the music that comes out of the city versus a playlist. So, which, which they did, but you know, we've talked about that. But you know, also it wasn't. I'm talking it, about everywhere. I'm not just talking about here. I, I, I'm talking I, I about every say, every yeah. fucking market. Right. If you have a rock station, why aren't you playing the bands and the artists from your area? It just makes zero. Well, not even rock, hip hop. And I mean, I I understand it. Going back uh, to what you were saying, anybody. Going back to what you were saying earlier about the demographic, you know, you have a certain demographic that's looking for certain music, and I get it. You can't just throw in local music all the time on certain stations because you're going to lose people. So, you know, it's all about the listenership still for a radio station. So you you have to keep that in mind. Also, I mean, throwing a local right. band in here and there that would be cool. But I don't know. Stop saying local band. God, it's at this point me. I'm doing it on purpose because no, of not. the conversation we're having. I know it's fine. There's no way around it. Uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, look, I guess this only matters if you still value the radio and you'd be hard pressed to find people outside of the Midwest that actually do. And by people, I mean bands. I don't think I don't know that necessarily bands care anymore. Um, I don't know if it's a goal anymore. It might be. Who knows? You don't think there's cities in bigger markets that have the same outlook as what a bunch of like St. Louis bands do? Like the like have bigger radio stations that they broke because, or at least in that city because they're a bigger name radio station in that city promoted them and pushed them. Or you just you just think across the board it's not as important anymore. I think across the board it's not that important anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at on that. Okay. okay. I you know, I I just I, uh, I, I just I just wonder if there's other podcasts out there in like New York and Seattle and these places that are just saying the same shit that we are about their city, saying that their radio station should promote their local bands. <laughs> there could be. I mean, when we're talking about a place like Seattle, completely different market, yeah. uh, completely different scene of community in the music than here bigger obviously you know but is, I would it, but imagine... is, it, is it still like do you know of a lot of bands that are making it big out of like seattle now or do we just hold seattle to a higher standard because of what has come out of there in the past i think we hold them to a higher standard but i also don't think that where a band comes from anymore matters that makes sense. I don't think it matters. You don't need to be a band to move to LA or New York anymore. That makes sense. It does not. You do not need to. There's the the Axl Rose walking off a bus 
and walking into the jungle, it's just, it's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Just, you know, with, you know, the, the, I still got hay in my hair. I'm in the big city now. It just does not exist anymore. Yeah. I, it, it doesn't. And, and I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> that's my point. I would, yeah. with, with all of this, like the dreamer in me and the, the, the kid in me that was just mesmerized by the whole idea wants to say, God, it sucks now. You know? Yeah. I want to hear the stories of the small town kid, the little naive fucker that made it big. They went to the big city and they took over. I don't think it matters anymore. I just, I don't, I don't, (laughs) you know, you have your three, your big three in record labels now. None of them have, you know, they're, there are tons of like all, like sub labels and all of this stuff. And it, it, no one cares about it anymore. It just, I don't know. And everyone's pushing you now to own your own music. Don't get fucked over by giving somebody your music. Taylor Swift is the prime example of that. Right. And by God, she's the biggest star on earth. The prime example of, I mean, she went number one with a record that people already fucking had. She sold the most records. Is that the one that she like redid? Be- yeah. Okay. She had yeah. the best debut ever with songs that everybody's already heard. Right. How nuts is that? <laughs> like, I know we do greatest hits records and we do remix, like remasters and remixes, but she put out the same record. I think she added like four new, four unreleased songs or something, you know, to, you would have to, but it's sold better than anything she's ever put out. Yeah. That's the craziest thing. I don't know, man. I wonder what, maybe that, maybe that's the, maybe that's what like bigger bands need to do now. Like what, what if Papa Roach decided to redo and put out a couple of their like their their first couple of records. Why would they have to though? Why did Taylor Swift have to? I mean, I know the whole legal battle and everything that happened, but she didn't. Well, that's have to. why. But okay, she. But I don't think that's why she sold it as well the second time around. It was just because it was put, re-put into circulation in front of people. No, I think people rally behind her story and rally behind her as an artist, and okay, they thought, yeah, no, I honestly, okay, I get, I believe you. I, I I'm guessing here, but I mean, I, if you look at the look at the timeline and look at the, her track record, I mean, I think that's what it is. I think people really, I think people bought into her story and got behind her, and that's why. Okay, and that's why she's selling out all these shows. And yeah, I don't know that a band for, but in the end, it was all about her having control of her. Stuff, yeah, right, and not being fucked over by somebody. Yeah. Now a band could do that. I mean, it could be we got fucked over. We're gonna, and I think to be honest with you, bands have done that, but I don't know at the level that she has. That's the thing. Again, I'm, I'm saying things, and I don't know fully the information, but like, so like a day to remember, for instance, they used to be on a record label called Victory, and Victory's been notoriously known for fucking over bands. Um. And they had a whole legal battle with them to 
get off the label and and get rights to stuff. Let me look this up. So I'm not. And and one of the more well known ones with that label is Hawthorne Heights. Um, on November 26, 2016, a day to remember won the lawsuit against Victory Records. The band was given four. Point two million and won three of the four issues they were suing victory for for fulfilling the band's contract controlling the band's publishing and digital royalty withheld from the band there you go damn it's a good little win yeah hawthorne heights was another one that had a, a long legal battle with that record label you know it's so crazy that these bands this is how like hungry a lot of these bands are to just kind of like i just want to be on a label i just want them to put me out on the road and uh uh what's the band from st louis that was on victory it'll come to me and i actually showcased for victory way back in the day i'm so glad nothing came of that and we were hearing the horror stories then about the label it didn't matter we were like well we want to do this so sure come on out was come it on out to the on. show it wasn't copperview was it no, god damn it. It's a metal band. It's uh, a oh, Okay. Cuz I know Copperview had something some kind of issue with their record label too. Yeah, that was well, I don't remember the record label they were on. Um that was even worse. Oh, really? Yeah. Not Hard Loss. Hard Loss is the band that was started Dude, I have to know now. <laughs> How are you going to find out? I'm going to search Victory Records and it's going to pull up their artist roster. Past and present. Okay. Wikipedia, baby. Okay. Hawthorne Heights lawsuit. On August 7th, 2006, Victory signed the band Hawthorne Heights, filed a lawsuit against accusing Victory of fraudulent accounting practices and for severely damaging the band's reputation and relationship with their fans. Wow. January 2008, Victory filed a lawsuit against Virgin EMI, alleging that Virgin EMI improperly induced platinum-selling band Hawthorne Heights to repudiate its contract with top independent labels, Victory Records, including allegations that Virgin EMI funded the initial phase of Hawthorne Heights' lawsuit against Victory. The suit sought actual damages of $10 million and punitive damages of $25 million. Damn. Jesus Christ. Okay, list of Victory artists. All right, so they have... God, there's still so many current bands on this label. And a lot of bands that have been on there for a long time. That's the craziest thing. All right. What was this band called? I think I can find out. I probably have a poster. Tear Out the Heart. My God. Yes. What did you say? Tear Out the Heart. Yes. Tear Out the Heart. That's what I'm talking about. Good God. <laughs> um, I remember when they signed with them and, you know, because Victory was n- notoriously known for signing bands to six record deals. So, which is in the music industry, that's like a life sentence, you know? Yeah. Well, wasn't, so, that, wasn't that the whole situation with Chave, Chevelle too, or something something like that? I don't know. We talked we talked about it, but it was because remember they they came out and said they've never made a money like a dime off of actual oh, yeah. making the music. It's all just been touring, right? And because when they first signed, they signed for like a six record deal or something like that. I mean, a six record deal just means you're you're contractually obligated to put out that amount of records with the label or under the labels. Um, but it doesn't mean you're not going to make money. 
it, a six record deal doesn't mean you're not going to make money. Oh, I know. I now, get that. I what get do they that. put behind it? And you know that that really all depends. In a case like Chevelle, I, they probably had some other stipulations in the contract that were really shitty. You know, another really famous one of that is TLC. The uh, TLC. Oh really? The I didn't know that. About girl that group. One. Oh yeah, they they terror they so much fine print in the the contract they signed that just fucked them out of so much money and they never got it. They Damn. sued and they never got it. Damn. Um, I think they got some of it, but they didn't get all of it. And you know they had sold millions and millions of records and didn't see much of that, which is crazy. You know, speaking of that a couple. Of- when you did a solo episode a couple weeks ago, you had uh, talked about rocks, or you actually named the episode "Rockstar Siblings." Um, were you specifically trying to think of siblings that were in different bands, or were you just thinking of like people who were siblings in the rock industry? Siblings in different bands, yeah. Different bands, okay. Yeah, because I've, I've, I've been like running through my head since you did that episode, and I've been thinking about like all the different siblings that are in like the same band and stuff too i'm like same band's easier yeah and that's an easier easier, google by the way yeah i'm sure the other the other one was not easy well i brought that up because of chevelle yeah yeah and i actually talked about chevelle oh did you okay in the episode yeah they were on the list that i had pulled up but yeah i was trying to think of like because you know the ones that i mentioned those are pretty popular ones but beyond that those three i was like i don't know who else i don't know who else there is you know yeah Gotcha. So did you, uh, well, I guess that's, we're probably exhausting the whole music industry talk there. (laughs) Almost done an hour on it. (laughs) Well, dude, at the end of the day, I mean, I I think it's all beneficial and it's really what you make of it. You know, you have to be in a position to take advantage of anything that you can get. Right. Yeah. So some of the bands that we, well, okay, here's how we'll finish this. So some of the bands that were on those CDs that we talked about, that the radio stations put out, took advantage of that. Some didn't. Some got popular. Some just broke up. They, you know, It happens. They phased out. But some really did take advantage of that success. And they turned, or not success, that, that sort of exposure. And they turned it into success or whatever you want to quantify, however you want to quantify success. They did that. Story of the year. Cavo, you know, the urge and gravity kills. I want to say at the time that they were put on those were already kind of on their way. So, yeah. but still, we're talking about two of the bigger bands from the area. So, like, again, it's it's what you do with it. I think it, it, whether it's a playlist, whether it's a CD, whether it's radio play, whatever. Just you have to, you have to be able to look at that and go, all right, what next? Right. If you're not a band that's going, what next? I don't know. I unfortunately I've been in those bands that just didn't think about the what's next. (laughs) I was thinking about it. It was just a matter of getting everyone else to think about it. And that's a, it's a dangerous place to be if you're really serious about it. Right. And some aren't. Did you, did you watch or hear about Tom Morello? So, well, I'm sorry. Did you watch or hear about rage against the machine being inducted into rock and roll hall of fame? All I heard was, that they did and that Tom Morello was the only one that showed up. <clears throat> yeah, he was the only one there. And I find it ironic that he was the one because he's always Mr. Anti everything. It's always yeah. Dude, I'm I'm a giant Rage Against the Machine fan. I think they have two of the best records ever made. They were a huge part of 
my childhood and you know growing up playing music but i remember as i was getting older well i'm sorry as youtube became accessible to everyone yeah and you really could discover oh there's a rabbit hole that i can go down and so i went down a youtube rabbit hole one night and this is way later way later i mean they had already been a band that was broken up and whatever but i went down a, a rage against the machine live rabbit hole and like interview rabbit hole and i just remember finding this this interview with him and i think it was zach the singer and they were in like finland or one of these countries like that and they were so condescending and rude to the 23 year old girl who was trying to interview them and she's just trying to do a job right you know mm -hmm. did her questions suck yeah probably but like who cares just give the interview why are you going to be like condescending pricks they were just so rude to her and it rubbed me the wrong way so poorly that it made me go down the rabbit hole even more and i'm like i wonder if he's like this all the time and he pretty much was like that all the time if it wasn't kurt loader and mtv if it wasn't like somebody if it was just like a a throwaway interview he was always they were always just like i don't know like uh snobby in a sense like just too cool for the room and it really bugged me i was like you guys are supposed to be about like you're for the people like you're supposed to be the people's band anti-establishment like but you're treating people like shit right you know like if they don't get you and they, if they don't understand your politics and they ask questions you're immediately they're like you're you're pushing them away. So that really rubbed me the wrong way. Fast forward to me hearing that they get inducted into the Hall of Fame. I'm like, I wonder if they show up. And now it's only Tom Morello. I'm like, why couldn't you just show up? Do you, they almost forget, like, they were signed to a major record label. Do you think? So they were corporate you, puppets. Do you think the statement landed like they wanted it to by them not showing up? I don't think anyone cares. Well, you want to watch Tom Morello? That's my thought too. I don't think that anybody cares. Like they probably, you know, mm -hmm. if this was 20 years ago, it'd be a different story. But I don't, I don't, I, mean, I think people I care, but they do, but I don't think rage is relevant enough now. Well, who does it need to be relevant to is the question to kids to aspiring artists. I don't think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is relevant. That's true. In that sense. That's true. I really don't. You and I talk about this because we know Rage and it's like, I really did want to see what they would do. I wanted to see if they would just be cool about it and accept it. Or I wanted to see if they had some sort of like grand thing, gesture or whatever they were going to do to kind of say, fuck you to the man. You know, because that's what I grew up loving. You know, their <clears throat> SNL performance with the the burning of the 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 flag and the fucking. But but if but if you're all if, that shit, if you're but, really gonna do that, why accept the induction? Yeah, why do it at all? Well, I, you know, that would be the ultimate. But I guess if you do if you do that, then you don't you don't get to make the whole theatrical thing by not showing up to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if they, yeah, it, it's more of a Let's statement if you accept it and then you don't show up than it is yeah. of just not accepting it because then people are just like, okay, they didn't accept it, whatever, and it's over. Right. 
right? Yeah. I don't know if it's I I don't know if it's a if it's a grand anything, to be honest. Yeah, let's watch them. Who who induct- Ice T? Oh, Ice T. Okay, that's right. Yeah, Ice T inducted him, which is cool. <laughs> is there a cop co- killer? Is there a big connection there that I don't know about? Nineties, anti. You know, well, Ice T has body count. Okay. Body you, count was do, very so, anti-police, anti-whatever. So but. when you're inducted into the Hall of Fame, do you choose who inducts you? You do, right? Do they? I don't know. I'm asking. No, I I think the, the Hall does. Well, that kind of sucks. Why? I don't know. It just feels... You think Ice-T is a bad choice? Who would you have preferred? I'm not saying he was a bad choice. I'm just saying that it... I don't know. It just feels like you should be able to choose who you who inducts you. <laughs> I mean, did, I guess. Didn't, I mean, maybe. Didn't, didn't Eminem induct somebody within the past couple of years or something? I want to say that he did, but I don't remember who. But I think that was a choice. I don't feel like that was a the Hall choosing that. Maybe I'm wrong though. You. I mean, you might be right. Here, let's let's get into this pretentiousness here. I don't want a fan video. I want the official video. So let's try that again. Okay. My name, my name is Tom Morello, and I'm one quarter of Rage Against the Machine. I am deeply grateful for the musical chemistry I've had the good fortune to share with Brad Wilk, Tim Comerford, and Zach De La Rocha. Like most bands, we have differing perspectives on a lot of things, including about being inducted into the Rock Hall. Ugh. My perspective is that tonight is a great opportunity to celebrate the music and the mission of the band to celebrate with the fifth member of the band, and that is Rage Against the Machine's incredible fans. Mm-hmm. You're the reason we are here, and the best way to celebrate this music is for you to carry on that mission and that message. The lesson I've learned from Rage fans is that music can change the world. Daily, I hear from fans who have been affected by our music and in turn have affected the world in significant ways. Organizers, activists, public defenders, teachers, the presidents of Chile and Finland have all spent time in our mosh pit. Doesn't it just have a level of just... It's weird. I, I, I... It's, it's just, it's, it's so... <laughs> it's pretentious, but it's like it's just it's so snobby to me. I don't know. I feel I feel the same way. I, I just hate listening to him talk. Just play the guitar. Like I just but I don't do, even know do if you, I want to do you also this. do you feel like that was a call out <laughs> against the other guys in the band too? It's hard to say. Who knows with these guys, man? They like that's the thing. Like <clears throat> do you remember when the bass player Tim Comerford climbed up on that thing at the MTV Video Music Awards when Limp Biscuit won an award. Uh, vaguely, I think so. Yeah. So, like, even when that happened, and and you got to think about when that happened. That was like two thousand, two thousand one, whenever that was. Even when that happened, it was like, well, what was the statement here? Other than, I'm just kind of a jackass. You know. It was just like, well, are you mad you didn't win? You don't think Limp Bizkit should be winning? And I remember he gave an interview where he talked about like 
Yeah, we knew who was going to win before they even announced the nominees. It was like, Olympus get this, Olympus get that, Olympus get this. And I'm like, well, bro, you had to have known that it was like, why'd you even go then? Right. Did you just go to protest in the way that you did? Right. Uh, very weird. Uh, you don't remember this, huh? Uh, kind of. Hey, I have a really random question because I'm thinking about it and I don't want to forget to ask you. Um, have you seen that thing floating around on Facebook that is, I don't know if, was Snoop Dogg's the first one that came out where he said that he's thought about it long and hard and because of his family and stuff, he's giving up smoking? Was he the first one or is he part of everyone making up the, making fun of it? Do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, never mind. Apparently, then. I don't spend enough time on uh, Facebook. I don't. E- I don't really either. I just. I just seen this, and now everybody's making one. Like, um, there was one for Limp Biscuit, and it was Fred Durst saying he was giving up the nookie. And I. I, I don't know. I ha- we'll have to. Maybe we can look it up because I want to find out where the. Where so they're not going to smoke weed anymore. That was a, that was Snoop's. Okay. But I don't know where this whole Fred thing Dur- started from. And then yeah, Fred Durst had Fred Durst was I've I'm gonna I'm giving up the nookie, and then it it was a bunch of different people had a bunch of different things that was like their number one thing. What were they giving up? That it's it I don't know. It's supposed to be comedic, but I don't know who started or where it started. I don't know. I I haven't seen it, but I hate it, and I know these, I don't want to. These it. weird things going on. Have you noticed that? Also noticed that Kevin James is all over the internet just with his picture of his shrug. Don't tell me you haven't seen this. No. Oh my God, dude. It's everywhere. No. How do no I? No idea what you're talking about. You're on social media more than I am. How do I see this and you don't? I guess you just follow different people than me. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. TV Video Music Awards are known for their surprises, and Thursday's show is no exception. Rage Against the Machine bassist Tim Comerford was arrested after he disrupted the show by climbing part of the and set. Look at you. Young J-Lo Dang, J-Lo and D'Angelo. And we got a, a madman. I wanted to bring the whole thing down, but they didn't move. In my mind, I visualized the whole structure on the ground, you know, and the next time they came out from commercial break, I wanted people to see destruction. This guy is rock and roll. He should be getting the award. It was just one of those things where, like, once I was up there, it's like, wow, now what are you going to do? So you think, like, Fred's thinking this guy's a douche in this moment, right? What? In this moment, Fred's like, this guy's a douche, right? Like, you could hear that in his voice. Uh, he might have been a little bit... Like, I wish that was me up there. <laughs> <laughs> Eminem was chanting my name, but I was wrong. He was chanting to jump. <laughs> I saw Dr. Dre, you know, I thought that was weird. He was kind of scratching his head, you know, and I was like, he's not down. They are going to kick his ass. Cops, they were embarrassed and humiliated and frustrated um, because they could not get the cat out of the tree. Charles Manson's little brother up there. To be honest with you, I thought it was a, a beautifully honest act of frustration. I'm a huge Rage fan, and I guess that is Raging Against the Machine. Kid Rock had a couple of good ideas as to how to get him down. I just want to know, is it for world peace 
Is it for world poverty? What are we fighting for? My- <laughs> well, like I said, dude, the peak of our existence. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. So with Rage, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad they're they're in and it's cool, but yeah, I don't even care to watch the rest of that speech, to be honest with you. Yeah, I It's just, it rubs, it rubs <laughs> me the wrong way. Dude. I don't know. It's always, he, he especially is just always, and he's always been kind of the guy that talks to the media out of that band more so than anyone else. So, ugh. Ugh. Again, if you, if you had that big of a statement to make, just don't, don't, don't accept the induction is my thing. But I think that every one of them kind of felt like they still needed that. Right. Like it's a, it's something you kind of look forward to and you can't really give that up even, even to make a statement, I guess. Yeah. Well, wasn't it Ozzy that said that he, if he got inducted, he wouldn't accept, I think for the longest time, because, you know, people thought black Sabbath should have been in and I don't know, man, it's so silly. It's, he got inducted twice, right? For Ozzy and for Black Sabbath? Mm-hmm. Thought so. Yeah. I think it's a cool honor. I mean, it, I mean I've mean, i been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so I, I have a more a different appreciation for it. And I think it's really cool. But I'm a, you know, you, you have to be a, a music nerd to really even appreciate it. Right. To be there and, and kind of walk around and look at all the stuff and read all the stuff. And yeah, I don't know, man. What else you got before we get on here? I kind of want to look up these things I'm talking about real quick. <laughs> what things? Just just Google Google Snoop giving up smoke and see what comes up. Okay. Because I want to see if it gives us a list and if if it tells us like where this originated at. Snoop Dogg says he's giving up smoke. Yeah. Can you share? Can you share the screen? Yeah. So he may have started this and then maybe everybody's just making fun of it. I don't know. Oh, there's a video. So maybe. Okay. In today's handoff to Joe and Erica, it is something that goes together <laughs> like peanut butter and jelly, Snoop Dogg and smoking pot. But the rapper made quite the shocking announcement in a post on social media. Snoop wrote this. You think when she was in college? <laughs> yeah. She's like one day. <laughs> I'm going to say Snoop Dogg and pot in the same sentence during the news. Like, do you think that's what she worked hard for? Yeah, and I'm sure she really uh, thought she would be saying that he was giving it up. Right, exactly. (laughs) Quote, after much consideration and conversation with my family, I've decided to give up smoke. Please respect my privacy at this time. (laughs) It is unclear if the known weed enthusiast is being serious or is potentially teasing up some new business venture that may involve edible marijuana. Some fans are questioning if it's a prank. Others are congratulating him and wishing him luck on the lifestyle change. Sending shockwaves through the entertainment world, well, this uh, this news today. He has re- okay, so, so, so you're that, saying this was the first. Yeah, so that picture that it, ju- that it showed of him with like with uh-huh. his hands like this or whatever. So that thing is what's going around. And then like, there's a Fred Durst one that says that he's giving up Nookie and you know what I'm saying? So like, it's, it's everybody, what they're connected to, like in music and stuff like that, that's what, what they're giving up. And I've seen a bunch of these. So I want to see if there's yeah. a bunch more out there. I don't even know what to Google unless you Google like Fred Durst gives up Nookie and see if it brings it up. Maybe you can like click images and maybe it'll show a bunch more. 
I also can't believe you haven't seen this Kevin James thing either. It's been everywhere also. I don't want to. I <laughs> I really don't. It's funny though. All I just see is a bunch of I, I can't believe this many reputable news sources oh, is, is it all had over? to report that Snoop Dogg said he was quitting weed. That's so funny to me. <laughs> I don't know. We can cover it on the next one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.